Welcome to the Two Tokens Podcast. During these episodes, we will invite guests onto our show and discuss everything token related. You can expect to hear about token business models, the underlying technology stack, token governance, but also more mainstream topics such as NFTs. Does this sound interesting to you? Then make sure you subscribe and keep listening. And now, on to the episode. Good day, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome, Vivek. Welcome, Martijn, here to this next Two Tokens podcast. Vivek, it's been uh, almost eight months that we tried to schedule this. You guys are so busy, you know, traveling all over the world, traveling Europe, implementing all these tokenization projects. I'm so glad you're here. During Cybos, we managed to to pull you into the studio here at Catena in Amsterdam. Welcome. Thank, thank you so much. It, it was really good timing that we can leverage that while I'm here and we can meet in person. Yeah, it, it's good to finally meet in yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. And Martijn, thank you. You know, with ABN Amo Bank, you know, we've known one another a long, long time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. and uh, you know so much more about what Damal is uh, implementing. You know, being with the bank and uh, at the forefront of uh, tokenization. You know, so uh, you know, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And um, in, in, uh, before we start, uh, we should also say that we uh, are going to be publishing our invoice token uh, results for the working group later in November. And of course, Damo is part of that, as is ABN Amro. And, uh, and we always at Two Tokens take the approach of adoption and see how we can bring this to market. And we had that discussion earlier that it is not retail, no, it's institutional, right, of course. ABN AMRO was interested about in, 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 uh, in bringing a business case to market, how to tokenize invoices. So that is a specific working group, but within the foundation, within the movement, we tokenize energy, tokenize energy assets, we tokenize shares, so the, the, you know, the, we are in many sectors. So, and it seems to me, Damal is an industry standard there. Well, yeah, well, okay, pseudo industry standard then, but you're, and you're, it's open source. Tell me a little bit about uh, how that came to be, because I didn't remember Damal to be open source. So we went open source now almost three years back, I would say. Uh, we started with open uh, uh, our uh, smart contract language, which is uh, Damal, uh, and now with earlier this year we released Canton as part of Damal 2.0, which is the underlying uh, ledger which is privacy-enabled ledger, so that's the only ledger, I would say, which um, fits in, which has the requirement uh, met from the financial institutions about privacy, security, robustness, uh, along with, obviously, you know, what you get uh, from, from Damal. And maybe for the listeners that do not know Damal, which I can't imagine, but um, maybe, maybe Martin, you can introduce Damal. You know, it's always nice for somebody to introduce Nabal if it's someone else. Yeah, thank you. It's a nice question, Alex. So, um, yeah, we, we have met uh, early on as well uh, from the ABNM side. Uh, we have contact, I think, uh, maybe for four years already or something like that, or will it be three years. Uh, we have been also uh, invested in uh, them all uh, back in the days. Um, and we have been looking to, to see where we can work together uh, already. Uh, and uh, to answer your question, uh, what is Damol? It's, it's an open uh, standard where we can uh, work with on tokenization, for example. Uh, we could see if this uh, fits or uh, 
uh, the dev side, for example, where we are working on or, uh, or other initiative. So they are really a capable tech partner uh, looking uh, uh, yeah, and becoming also more interesting for us uh, with the open standard, I think, because uh, we were really, uh, when we started from ABN Ambrose side, looking at uh, tokenization, trying to look, uh, can we leverage on the public side uh, of, of the ledger? Because in the past we have done Fakt, Congo and others uh, with, with the more private ones. Uh, we would like to leverage also on public one. And yeah, this, this could fit uh, well uh, at, this, at this time, moment in time. So you mean to say that Damal, you know, and ABN AMRO is one of its many investors? How many people? Uh, in the company? In, in the company? Around 200. Oh, you're, yeah. a, you're not a small company anymore then, right? No. But, yeah, but you're small, small enough to be nimble. Uh, but you have a lot of investors, just as ABN AMRO. Any other big names? Or? So we have uh, a lot of investors come from uh, financial institutions, uh, tier one banks, your two banks, but also from the technical companies, so VMware, uh, Samsung, uh, Salesforce uh, are our investors as well. So you're really at the forefront of tokenization and bringing it uh, to uh, to adoption. What do you focus on? So uh, I would say our current focus is a lot more about how do you create that standard when it comes to tokenizing uh, assets. So a lot of time, if you look at industry, uh, there was a huge gap because everyone, uh, when you talk about tokenization, they, it, it was primarily about ownership of the asset versus when we work with our customers, uh, asset ownership is just one tiny bit of uh, tokenization process. From our, from our perspective, when we talk about asset tokenization, it's about the, the behavior of the asset, the, the life cycling, the, the settlement, you know, the asset servicing, uh, corporate actions, and all those things. And uh, in a financial industry, it's very well-known terms, but if you look at other uh, assets that are get tokenized, you still have similar things. So the business process has to be there, and that's where I would say Demel Finance is our uh, new addition to the Demel Smart Contract Platform, what uh, it enables you, it enables our client to go from zero to one very, very quickly because we, we, we expect that 80% of the work that you need to do when it comes to tokenizing asset, it is taken care of. And you talk about standardization, and I was, I, I was saying we are getting there. From our perspective, standardization is not just for the sake of creating a standard. If you look at the history of financial market, like for example, fixed protocol, we had Fidelity and Solomon Brothers, they started to use that information uh, to do uh, electronic trading. So those are the first few uh, transactions that went on uh, on uh, on, uh, uh, on fixed protocol, but then the industry started to use it and that's when it became a standard. The same way we see Damal Finance becoming a standard by adoption. We are working with many big names in the industry, your FMIs, exchanges, banks, and we collectively, what the, the what our thought was that this is how asset tokenization should be, that is becoming uh, more and more standard because of adoption. So what kind of assets? You know, any asset? You can pretty much uh, actually tokenize any asset. So we have clients who uh, who have tokenized bonds, who have tokenized structured products. Uh, we have uh, on the insurance side, so annuity. We have clients who have done carbon credits, uh, natural gas, uh, so uh, precious metals. 
So you have financial uh, instruments that are you know traditional ones, but also you know we are working with, for example, RLN, which is a, 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 a regulated liability network. So there, it's about you know a payment side of things. So yes, you can actually. Uh, the Demel Finance is very flexible and asset agnostic. So what is the underlying asset really doesn't matter that much. But uh, you know, tokenization is so, so much more than just assets. Exactly. I mean, you know, we have payment tokens, we have you know, uh, voting tokens, we have fungible tokens. So I assume that Demel can also apply to those other processes, right? That is right. So, so one of the I think key thing is that Demel is built on the building blocks of rights and obligations, and this is where you know you can use the same uh, principle or around defining the asset, but also about the process. How do you process that asset? How does that asset, you know, the life cycle of that asset happens? How do you settle? Do you, do you want an atomic settlement? Do you want an hybrid settlement? So you have to have the framework has to be flexible enough to cover all of that to get our clients be really productive and get the time to market shorter. And maybe maybe How does uh, that work for, for ABN Emerald? Yeah, was, 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 yeah I, I can uh, answer, answer that one. Uh, but I, I was one question uh, because you were uh, elaborating on the uh, investors that you have. And some of them are really the uh, players in the market that deliver infrastructure in the uh, traditional way for all kinds of big companies. Uh, how are they using? Are they, you, are they seeing them all as kind of layer two and they are the layer one? Or how, how can we see that? So this is a great question. Uh, so Canton, which is a ledger, uh, you can see it as layer one and layer two. So the way it is designed is that a lot of time, what we, what we, you know, when we talk to our clients about use cases, the, the everyone wants so the real value comes about when you have a node and I have my node, and when if we are doing transaction to each other, we are looking at the same single source of truth, right? But at the same time, though, if the operator of that network, if we both trust that operator, then that operator could be a centralized operator. So you can actually have a centralized trust-based operator, even though it's a DLT solution, right. right? Now, in another case, you might have that, oh, there has to be a consortium. So you will have like three or four operators. So what we, what Canton does is that it gets complemented by underlying blockchain in such situations. So this is where it's uh, it's not just it's up. at times it can be layer one and at times it can be layer two. Okay. Ah, yeah. yeah. Now this relates maybe also to the answer I could give in your question uh, about the timelines, etc. Um, I think we we see at this moment uh, also some peers coming to the market with uh, all kind of deals. Uh, we are as ABMRO at this moment for tokenization working with our markets and debt capital markets uh, department, not only in the Netherlands, but of course also in, in Germany. Um, and what we see is that uh, yeah, we, we need some time to go through all kinds of uh, hoops uh, with, with the regulator, of course, but also with law firms, with our clients and internally. Uh, the tech is most easy part. Uh, so it, it's more about uh, uh, getting everyone in the same room and, and, and have the same understanding of what we are doing. Uh, by doing so, we have managed to execute, for example, a secondary trade with the European Investment Bank token, which was issued on public Ethereum. Uh, so we bought that and, and, and we sold it. And uh, this was a key for also our operations department to see that 
we can connect uh, this uh, EIB token on, on Ethereum with our internal systems. So uh, there you, you come also on those uh, different layers. Uh, so we, we have an Eisen code for the Bloomberg site and we have an Ethereum uh, uh, Ether, uh, address that we can look up on Etherscanner or something else. So that was really a nice case. And besides that, we are also working on experiments with uh, some of our clients. We do that in the side of the mid-corps, but we also look on the side of uh, institutionals. And so this were, these were RFPs or you were actually you offering this to the market? Um, so the, the, the EIB bond we have done with our own operational uh, uh, colleagues and, and now with our uh, existing DCM teams, uh, we are uh, trying to, to uh, issue the deals with our clients. So just real life, also having the eyes in so that you can look it up. So no paper-based projects or box, uh, but yeah, let's call it kind of experiment because it's not still a product in our offering, but uh, by doing this experiment, we are lining up to make this a product. And then it will just be sold uh, as our other products uh, during uh, via our uh, DCM colleagues or other colleagues. Hmm. DCM is for debt, uh, but we have also equity capital uh, and, and other departments as well, of course. And, you know, of course, Damal, you know, works all over the world. You know, you have three offices in Europe, uh, Budapest, Zurich, London. Um, what do you see in Europe in terms of adoption? Is it is it the same in every country, or you have uh, you know some countries really uh, you know running ahead? Or what what is your what's been your experience? What do you see? So you'll always get a mixed bag, right? There will be early adopters, there will be followers, and there will be some who will come very late because, and it's it's all about opportunity. So one of the prime example about when it comes to digitization where it has been used very well is uh, in Germany, for example, Deutsche Börse. They just uh, went live on the D7 platform, which was built on DAML, and they had a security issuance. Uh, it used to take three to four days, and it was done in nine minutes. So and a security issue on uh, Deutsche Börse would take three to four days, yeah. and now? It's nine minutes. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. That's immense, yeah. right? It's, it's really huge, and I think this is where, uh, when we are talking to clients, I mean, most of our clients now we talk to, their, if you look at revenue, they're 100 million plus revenue, we're talking, right? For them, it's a lot about business efficiency and what value they get from uh, you know, this uh, digitization, essentially. The whole digital transformation journey is about business value, business efficiency, and where, you know, and that's whether you need the optionality sometimes, you need to have the centralized trust operator. Sometimes you need to have the decentralized trust operator. You also need the platform to have flexible so that not everyone will be adopting a node on day one. De decentralized seems to be so much more difficult in terms of uh, the regulator. It, that takes years for adoption. That's been my experience anyway. So has anything changed? Did I miss something? So when, when I say decentralization, we are not talking about public blockchains. Uh, what we are talking about is really a group of businesses coming together Right, but at the same time, they what they can do is that rather than having trust on one entity, they can create another entity, or they can say, okay, these are the three or four entities, and that's where you know our essentially the synchronization layer can be decentralized, so that you don't need to trust one single operator. So it's not a public uh, public. Uh well, we don't use that word in two tokens, but it's not a public blockchain, if you will. It's a, it's a, it's a closed system between right. three, four banks, and the trust is already established. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and you can. Does ABNMO operate in such? But, you know, uh, yeah, we have we have done in uh, previous uh, projects uh, already as well. Uh, we we are now also looking uh, more on the uh, the, the open uh, side, eh? uh, mainly also uh, because uh, yeah, we have seen that that some of those protocols have have matured. Of course, there are still questions, uh, but I'm working for strategy and innovation on the digital asset team, so uh, we 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 are really looking also what kind of new tech can we implement and. Uh, within our business lines itself, they could also see uh, what can we optimize. So there's there's a different uh, take of, of uh, what, you, what you can do. Uh, of course, at the moment that we see that maybe the, the opened ones are still not suitable of, of doing uh, uh, some transactions or that our clients have doubts about uh, security or something else, uh, we could easily pivot. Uh, but but we have our own DLT team uh, who has been there since 2013, and they, they have experience in in looking at protocols, etc. So we would like to leverage on that one uh, at at this moment. Yeah, I mean this is this is this is really a good point that you made because if you look at and this is our experience why uh, we actually uh, created Canton, right? So if uh, the existing uh, technology stack, whether that's Bitcoin, Ethereum, they started as a tech project, right? So it's and a lot of focus was on, uh, you know, like a bare instrument, really, right? The ownership of a, of a bare instrument. But so the privacy, especially privacy, was never built in, right? So the privacy was an afterthought. So a lot of uh, the existing uh, uh, platform in the market, you would say that you to do some to, to actually achieve the privacy needed in the financial industry, you have to compromise on other things. And when you do compromise on other things, then you you lose the benefit of using the, such platforms. And that's, I would say, is where we see a USP uh, on our tech, tech, tech stack and our client value that because you, to get the privacy, you don't need to do anything extra. So you take away the headache. Yeah, you just make it easier and you just take care of the updates underneath. Yes, so the exactly right. So the, the hard because, work that is needed and the yes. need to enforce that uh, is done by, by Canton and our, our, uh, our uh, technology. Because if you look at uh, the proposed uh, litigation and uh, uh, from MICA and, and transfer ruling, you know, I'm sure that also Damo is going to have to make some updates after that is uh, implemented. Or am I wrong? Uh, I'm not sure about that particular. Well, bit, there's uh, a lot more questions than knowns <laughs> about the proposed MICA. You know, you're right, but I, I have to assume that if at some point in time, 24, 25, this is going to be implemented, that would also uh, have an effect on the implementations well, that Dama has. I mean, we work with our clients, we work with regulators. So yeah, if, yeah. if obviously there is a regulatory change, the regulation that needs that underlying platform to be uh, tweaked, if it doesn't meet the requirement, I'm sure we'll work with our client, we collaborate with them. That option is all about collaboration, working together. And we will, all of our clients are regulated clients, so when time comes to such things, obviously we have to make sure that we are compatible. And I think what's interesting also of them, all what you, what you told me is that uh, you, you can start also in that closed environment, but if you want, uh, you can also uh, connect with the open world as well and on, on the blockchains there uh, that are out there. Yeah, so this is uh, where, again, uh, what we call it as uh, having uh, optionality to compose networks, right? Now... So optionality to compose your own networks. Yeah, so what happens... So today, if you look at that option today in the industry, right, everyone is creating their own uh, network, right? Now, with 
if you have these, if these networks are Daemon networks, right, you always already get the benefit if you're using like, so for example, Diamond Finance, that's another very, very strong point about Diamond Finance is that you can have one use case running on one network and uh, and you want to, let's say, collateral is on another network, right? And you want to do, now there's a need to do to use this collateral on the first use case, right? So there you can actually compose applications and compose these networks without much hassle at all. So, so suppose, right? So, uh, I'm... I, I'm a techie from, yeah. uh, but suppose we were to tokenize kilowatt hour energy from solar assets, yeah. right? And now we want to also derive the carbon credits, yeah. that which is a different application that comes from the same asset base. That's right. Because you run native Daml networks, you have native code that you exchange easier than when you were to tokenize that with different platforms. Is that what you say? So you can get, you can actually achieve atomic transactions at that point. So cross-domain atomic transactions. Hmm. And 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 to tokenize those assets, what what do you interface with? Do you take crypto anchors that you define yourself, or that's really up to the client? So this is so Daml Finance has. So that's our opinion about how the asset should be tokenized. And uh, it, it is a very uh, interesting and clever way of defining instruments. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it has a tree structure. We are going a bit more technical here. <laughs> so but we, we what, promise not to go technical. <laughs> <laughs> you introduced us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <sorry. laughs> so it's on you. Yeah. So what it does is that you can, uh, it's a very flexible way that you can actually um, define any kind of financial instrument using that tree structure, and then you can have behaviors that are common that can be applied on those instruments. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is where our our. So you're really a behavior change uh, company, right? But you want to change the behavior of people through your tokens. Well, no, it's a. Uh, Yes, in the sense that yes, we we want to change the, the thought process of the industry. Mm-hmm. That you know, that tokenization is not just about ownership; it's about business processes and you know those life cycle events and everything. Uh, and from from so our uh, the the technology in Daimler Finance offers you is about efficiency, right? Because if you if you look at like all the banks, right? If everyone has to implement their own, right? there'll be so much redundant code running in the industry, period, right? Now, with Daimler Finance, what it does is that your 80% of the building blocks, right, are common, they're proven libraries, right? So it's not that you are, you know, you are running a code that is only tested by you. You're actually running a code that is tested by the industry. Yeah, yeah. And that is a very, very strong point, right? Now, you do get the flexibility to to create your own USP by adding the customization on top so that, you know, you can actually innovate. So that in our head, it's 80% of the hard work is taken care of by Daimler Finance and 20%, which is, you know, your own magic, your own secret sauce, you can use to be a differentiator in the industry. Is that how you see it? Do you have 20% as your own secret sauce at ABN Emerald or...? Um, Let's assume that money is a kind of commodity. You you, you still see that. Uh, how do you distinguish as uh, as a banker? Eh, that that's becoming uh, more and more difficult. Uh, I think all the banks are going to uh, to digitize, 
Uh, taking an example, what we what we did in the past, uh, we we as ABNM were one of the first issuing green bonds, and that we would like to replicate now also by doing uh, debt tokenization, so issuing a tokenized bond, uh, and and by doing so we can uh, inform our clients, uh, the investors, uh, our colleagues how it could work, and then we can build out maybe new business here. That's how we try to uh, to distinguish. So um, one of the things that we discussed, in, you know, just at the coffee bar, is that um, you know all all this tokenization is still very new, and you you are light years ahead of the industry. You know, right now you work with most of the Fortune 500 banks, so your price tickets are also for the bigger projects. Nonetheless, there's going, there are a lot of enterprises and a lot of institutionals interested in tokenization. How do you educate them? Because in the, end, in the end, they drive adoption. Do you have workshops available? Can we, can we just give them your email and telephone number, call Vivek? How, how does this work? So we, uh, so there are a few things, right? So as a, as, a, as a tech company and as a small company, we have to be lean, mean, and thin. So we, we want to be very efficient. So we do have our dev relationship team. They often, uh, we have a lot of material online. We often do webinars. We, we, we produce a lot of content on that education. We also have a very thriving community around DAML. So if you go to, you know, on our, uh, on our website, there's a DAML forum where it's like a stack overflow for DAML. And so you can ask questions, you get a lot more help. And we are very passionate about uh, that because, again, we will only become a standard if we have that option. So we live by the four eyes at Two Tokens. Martin knows this, he can dream it, but uh, so we can inform our audience about tokenization and either that they get it or they don't. But that doesn't mean they use it, right? So we have to inspire them. And how do you do that? By just building stuff. I'm not talking MVPs of proof concept, just do it and start using it. And that's how we are building this invoice token, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, how could we... Um, uh, work with Dommel in working in these use groups, in these working groups, to implement your learnings and your standards, so that we can go live. How, how does that work? Is that because the way I see it, you work with all the big banks, Deutsche Börse, which is great, multi-year, big million-dollar contracts, but we have to start small somewhere. How do we bring your knowledge, your learnings, to the audience and to the bigger two tokens community? So we, I mean, there are multiple avenues, right? As I said about our uh, our community team, uh, they they are available and they have uh, they they produce all these content, which is still we are an open source company, pretty much, right? All you of are tech, open source. Yeah. yeah. For so the Daml listeners Canton. out there, you know, Daml is open source. So Daml Finance, <laughs> Daml Canton, all of it is open source. Yes. But we are a, we are a commercial company as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So. We, we well, but that's a big misconception. Most people think that open source is not commercial, but look at Linux, right? So, so we we have our uh, DevRel team that will help. We have we have also a huge partner network. So if you think about like you know the system integrators of the world, so we have uh, partners who are very big, like Infosys, Accenture of the world, or as well as we have smaller companies as well. So a lot of our partners also help those smaller businesses to to get them going uh, on, on DAML. And the other aspect is that we do have DAML Hub, which essentially you can use it today for free. It's a hosted environment, so you get essentially uh, a, a ledger and you can you build your DAML models, you build your UI and any other automation that you need to do, and you can go live in five minutes. 
So I've just a spur of the moment, you know, I thought here, of course, we did discuss it, but um, why don't we organize a Damal workshop, right, here in Amsterdam, 23? Yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, what I kind will. of people do you, what, what is the prerequisite for people to participate? Do they need to be nerdy or do they need to be finan finance guys? Or I would say we should reach out to your network, yeah. right? ask them to come up with the use cases that have been justified to actually have funding. Because that's, otherwise, you don't get an option. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we will be doing uh, pet projects, which we don't want to. No, right? no, no, we don't so do pet we, projects. No, exactly. No, 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 no. So, and that will drive, and we, we can get you know, support from our side to have education, to, to help them that this is how you do things, this is how you use travel finance to, you know, to go from zero to one. Mm -hmm. Looking at uh, the bank now, APN Amro, do you have uh, clients or potential clients or a whole pool of clients, perhaps? Could we build a cookie cutter for all those clients or is, is there a new setup for each new client? How does that work? No, yeah, well, we have uh, had the demos from them all, of course, uh, internally with us, uh, with, with our Amro uh, as well. Uh, we are not looking to build things specifically for each client because it's not scalable no. uh, then. One solution for many. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, we also try to, to standardize yeah, some, some documentation, of course, uh, around uh, the, the activities that we are doing. Um, but um, yeah, we, we have, of course, uh, clients in, in our portfolio that also would like to have a, a demo like this. Uh, yeah. And would uh, the role for the bank be the service provider, or what would be the role? Because you, your role is changing as a bank. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Uh, so uh, let me make clear that um, we, we can think that all roles of a bank will be taken over by other companies. But uh, this is the case for many industries. And still, a lot of people would like to have one place where they have a kind of uh, relation with, where there's a kind of trust to say, right, I would like that you take care of my money, of my insurance, of my mortgage or other things or uh, business loans. Uh, and I would like to have it in, in, in one single point of contact. Uh, and in, in that model, and especially if we look to, to our clients on the, on the institutional and, and big corporate side, uh, there the people really like to have just one bank uh, or a consortium, but that take care of those uh, activities. So although with all kind of new tech, uh, people can do it themselves, we don't think that all of our clients are looking for that. Of course, we will see, and that's always in the, in the publicity, uh, the first that will do tickets themselves uh, with the technology, that, that's fine. But after that, we will get also a lot of requests, can we be of help uh, left or right? I think we have an appointment for next year, seems like. Before we do next year, however, we will have a, a roundtable in November. And, you know, you're, you know, you know, you're invited to be part of that. Thank Actually, so I would expect you to be part of that. Um, and more about that uh, it's later. It's a friendly request. That's a friendly <laughs> request. Yeah, you've been appointed as a volunteer, right? <laughs> um, and uh, we'll be doing uh, that with our partners. We're coming to the end of this podcast. Um, I would like to thank you both uh, for being here. We were uh, really focusing on the driving adoption and it seems to me with uh, the D7 platform and Deutsche Börse, you set a major milestone in 23 at least. Uh, let's see how in the next two, three years we can you know, drive more adoption and bringing together the other institutional players. You know, uh, two tokens is there to uh, to uh, 
to disseminate and to to help. You know, we're a non-for-profit, so we would like to work with the uh, with the standards such as Daml and the banks such as APN Amro. Yeah, no, we open for that as well. We 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 see that it's uh, most difficult to open up the investor world. So uh, if we have listeners on the investor world, uh, please reach out. Uh, on the other hand, also on the issuer side, of course, uh, we uh, we can uh, be of help. Uh, but I think uh, the the uh, investor side there, that that's uh, also key for this to, uh, to to drive. Yeah, is that what you see? Yeah, I mean, on our side, I would say we we will we work with innovators, right? The innovators come from institutional clients as well as from anywhere, right? And that's where we have our product offering where you you can get from zero to one very, very quickly using Daml and uh, our platform. You can experiment uh, pretty much for free because it's all open source. Uh, and when you are successful, we will be successful. Awesome. With that, you know, I'd like to end today's podcast and thank you both. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. That was it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening in and please subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find our contact details at www.twotokens.org.